This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church and I said, I got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem. It's a wonderful form, and I, I must be a radio for me every time I, I'm in the camp city. This show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good coach. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hope you're having a wonderful morning here as we get ready to spend the next hour together talking about the mental side of sports. As you know, I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. Love doing this show with you because this show is about mindsets. It's about attitude. It's about focus. It's about sports psychology. And I've been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist here in the Kansas City area. I've been on the radio for 27 years, the last 17 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And every Sunday, I'm here to talk with you about psychology, about mindsets, about attitudes, about sportsmanship. And I also have a producer who's in here every week. And joining me this morning is my good friend Jed Marshall, I haven't seen in two years, who did my production for my show for a long time. Jed, thanks for joining us this morning. It's great to see you again. You too. Thanks for having me. You were here how long? About 15 years with me? Uh, <laughs> it seemed like every Sunday probably for about like four and a half. Yeah, you were here a long time. Well, it's good to see you behind the glass again. Thank you. So thank you for joining me this morning. Rudy Salazar's off today, so Jed's in here taking his place. And Jed has done a great job, and I'm sure we'll do a great job again today. So, I like to talk about different topics on this show, as you know. And the last week, as always, I observe the sports world. I read articles. I watch video. I watch television. I listen to interviews. And I try to come up with topics on this show <clears throat> Excuse me, that I think will be interesting to our listeners and I had a couple of ideas until yesterday and then yesterday two basketball games basically changed my mind about what I wanted to talk about today those two basketball games were Michigan State at Northwestern and the KU West Virginia game being a KU fan I was excited to see KU come back from behind down 12 points, I believe it was, and then come back and win in the last couple of minutes. Great comeback. And being a KU fan, I was disappointed to see Michigan State come back and win, being down 22 points at halftime to Northwestern and outscore them, I believe, by 27 points in the second half. All right, how do these things happen? Mentally, let's face it, Michigan State is obviously a very, very good team. They're ranked second, I believe, in the country now. KU is ranked, I believe, what are they, 13th, 11th, something like that. Moves around every week. West Virginia was playing really well. And then KU turned on the Jets at the end, came back. And, yeah, Bob Huggins complained about the foul calling. 
Although I can sit there and say watching the game, there are a bunch of fouls in the first half that weren't called on either side, especially West Virginia hacking players, and Jay Billis was commenting on it. So officiating aside, and we can talk about that all you want, how do teams mentally, and I, I, I mean this sincerely, mentally, how does a team, how does an individual come back when they're so far behind? Okay? How, explain that. I think it's mindset. I think it's, it's, it's preparation. You know, I talk about the four key words, preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence. Talk about those words all the time on this show as the keys to success. Preparation is how you get ready mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, nutritionally, spiritually. What do you do to, to prepare for your competition? Whatever that competition is, how well do you take your attitude, your sincerity to get ready? What do you do with that? The second word, focus, is about your concentration skills. And what do you do about distractions? We're all faced with them. We have them in life every day. How do you focus? How do you not get distracted? Third word is attitude, which is how you feel about yourself. How do you feel emotionally, psychologically? You know, I always talk about three kinds of attitudes, positive, negative, or realistic. You, know, you could go take a Dale Carnegie course about being positive and that's going to help you be positive. You can be negative, which so many people are. I just talked to an NFL player yesterday who has trouble with positivity, something we've been working on, and that's because of things that have gone wrong in his life. And then you look at a realistic attitude. So a realistic attitude basically comes from Forrest Gump's bumper sticker that it happens. Left out the first two letters there, but it happens. Okay? That's life. Right, Jeb? Would you agree with me on that? Things happen. And then that takes us to confidence. What is confidence? It's the belief in yourself that you can do what you want to do when you need to do it. All right. If you are a successful person in life, and I don't care sports, business, relationships, whatever, you're going to have a balance of those words. You're going to understand where they all fit into what you do every day. I've been doing this for 37 years now as a sports psychologist. Counting grad school, actually, it's this is my 42nd year in this profession. If you count grad school, and, and I, I will because we had an internship every year. And one of the things I've learned about people is that, you know, you can be, and I like to say, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger minds, the one is going to come out on top. I don't care if you're overcoming adversity, overcoming a bad relationship, an addiction, a, a failure, whatever it might be, you have to have a mindset to overcome that. And that, to me, is where if you are strong mentally, you're going to be ready. So I think those teams, both these teams yesterday, Michigan State and Kansas, have the ability internally, and I think that starts with their leaders. Tom Izzo, Bill Self are obviously both great coaches. And I think it's about how they coach them in practice. I think being prepared, being ready to do things, having a game plan where you get yourself into that mindset. So I want to hear from you. We're going to open up our phone lines now. 
And let's see if we can get some calls on this. How do you come from behind? How do you mentally, in a game, in a competition, I don't care if you're playing golf, you're playing tennis, if you're swimming, you're for bowling, I don't care what it is, playing basketball, soccer, baseball, softball, volleyball. How do you coach your team, your athletes, to believe enough in themselves that they can come from behind when they're not doing well? When things aren't going well in a competition, mentally, what do you have to do to give yourself the belief, to give yourself the mindset, to give yourself the attitude that you can come back? All right, our number here is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. Let's get some calls in here. Let's get some discussion going. Because I know this is something everybody has to do at some point in their life. We all have failures. We all have things that aren't going well. So what do you do when you're behind? When things aren't going well in a, in a game, in life? How do you come back? How do you believe in yourself? How do you get that confidence going? I think it's from practice. In, in sports, I think it's from practice. I think if you're a good coach, you take the time to prepare your team you prepare your athletes. You put them in situations in practice. All right, you're a tennis player. You lost the first set 6-2. You're down 2-0 in the second set. How are you going to come back? What does Bill Self tell his players to believe enough of themselves? This isn't the first time they've come from behind. This team is mentally tough, and I think it starts with the leadership of the players. I think a player like Devontae Graham is a leader, a true leader out there. I think it starts with that. I think you have to have leadership, but you have to have that confidence to know. You know, and I talk about this all the time. Focus on effort. Don't worry about the result till the game's over. Then when the game's over, you look at it. Focus on your effort. All right, 913 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. How do you come from being down in a game, in a competition, in life, and come back? What do you do? How do you do it? 913-3810-810. Let's see what Craig has to say. Craig's our first caller this morning. Craig, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you for calling up. Um, obviously, like you said, it's just it's a mindset. You just can't you, you can't look too far ahead. It's one thing when you're down and trying to trying to come back. You gotta just take it in little steps. And if you take it in little steps, then eventually once you look up then you and the team that was up will be will be even. But if you look too far ahead, then it'll, it'll all fall apart for you. I agree 100%, but how do you do it, though? How do you do it when you are down? Because when you're down, it's not easy to come back. It's not easy to look ahead because you, you can get depressed, right? You could, but you have to remember that you're down for a reason. You didn't play your best, and you know you can play better. And I think the team that's down – is digging in their heels more to come back because at some point the team that's up for some reason tends to take their foot off the gas. I mean, I've done it when I've played. You look up and you're up four touchdowns. You're like, oh, we're, we're doing okay. And the other team starts coming back. So for some reason, I don't know, teams that are up take their foot off the gas and, and don't apply that pressure that they did to get up. And it's almost like the perfect storm. One team's going harder and the other team is kind of relaxing. And then those two worlds come together and that, that's how comebacks kind of happen. Well, I didn't watch the Michigan State-Northwestern game yesterday. My, my producer, Jed, did. And I'm going to have him comment on it in a second. But I watched the KU game. 
I didn't think West Virginia quit yesterday. I, I hear what you're saying. I agree with you 100%. But in some situations, I don't think West Virginia quit. I just think KU just played harder. That, yeah. You know, West Virginia was hitting the – Miles was hitting those three-pointers from all over the place yesterday. They were like daggers. But, K, you know, it would be easy. This is the point. I think in those situations, the other team may be outplaying you. Maybe K wasn't playing terribly. It wasn't like they were playing awful basketball. <laughs> but they didn't give up. Yeah. And I think that's the whole thing. And that's my whole point, Craig, is I call it FOE versus FOR. Focus on effort, focus, focus, focus on results. If you focus on your effort and you keep playing hard and keep focusing on what you're doing and don't worry about the score or the result, Look at it when the game's over. I mean, what do you think about that? I agree with that. I mean, in, in some some teams, you're just going to get more effort in in the situation of the game. That was probably West Virginia. They probably had that game circle, so you know you were going to get the maximum effort from them. They just couldn't they couldn't sustain that for the whole duration of the game. That they they probably just you know they they kind of just flamed out a little bit and. That is, like you said, it is a mindset. Bill Self knows how to get the maximum out of his players, not that Bob Huggins doesn't, but, you know, he has the players that they know, you know, we're not playing, we're, we're not playing like we should. And the game, and the, it's a whole game. Sometimes you, you got to know the game isn't over at halftime or in the first quarter or something like that. You just got to have confidence that there's a lot more basketball or football left. So let's try to play the whole 60 minutes or however long it is. Well, I think you're bringing up a good point, Craig, and I agree with you. Don't take your don't take your pedal off or your foot off the pedal, just because you're ahead. You keep going, and I think that's what allows a lot of teams to continue the, their success. Otherwise, sometimes they won't. Listen, sir, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. You have a great day. You too. Thank you. Okay, Jed, you watched the Michigan State game. What did you think about that game? My background is obviously in sports, not in psychology. Uh, in the first half, Northwestern was playing really well. The one thing that I, I will say that's kind of similar to what happened in the KU game, I watched them both, at least when it came down to the initial comeback that, that Michigan State had, it was all created on the defensive side. And I think regardless of how well your your, your team is playing, the one thing you can control is your intensity on the defensive side. You can certainly put the most effort into it. That's where Michigan State... Changed the entire complete. Because Northwestern only scored what eleven points in the second half. Yeah, it was correct? it was ridiculous. They had forty some points at halftime. I was doing other things, uh, but yeah, they, they went ice cold. And Michigan State clamped down, got a bunch of rebounds, and like I said, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think there's a certain level of skill and difference in athleticism between Northwestern and Michigan State, certainly, but also I think the the intensity that Coach Izzo coaches with certainly played a factor. Okay, I'm going to throw this one out there. As as an option for a lot of people. I always have stated this. Sometimes the best athletes are are not always the smartest. Okay? And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. But I'm saying that because oftentimes really smart athletes think too much. And not all the time. But sometimes really smart athletes get in their head. And they start thinking about the score, thinking about the results, thinking about why am I not doing well? Let's face it, Northwestern is a pretty good school. Is it possible their basketball players started thinking, oh, we're ahead, we have this in the bag? And like our first caller, Craig mentioned, that maybe they took their, their foot off the pedal a little bit. Well, and even to your point about Daxter Miles making, he was six from eight for, from three yesterday. I was looking at the stats. When it came down to the most important shot, he clammed up. 
he didn't take the biggest shot of the game. Right, that would have put them ahead. Yeah, so you obviously have to think that he was thinking instead of just playing. All right, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Here's our topic this morning on the Sports Psychology Hour. How do you come from behind? How do you come back in a sporting event when you're down? I don't care if it's an individual sport, a team sport, whatever. How do you have the confidence? As a coach, how do you coach that? I want to hear from some coaches. I hear all the time that a lot of coaches listen to this show and apply the things we talk about to their teams. So I would like to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you get your team to believe they can come from behind when they're down? Our number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. When you are behind in an athletic event, what do you do to come back? How do you develop the confidence, the belief, the mindset, the attitude, the focus? I think it starts with preparation. I think it starts with your, how you get ready, your demeanor, what you practice. I think if you're a coach, a good coach takes the time to talk about these things. All right, our number here is 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. I want to hear from you if you play sports at any level. When you're behind in a game, in a competition, in a contest, how do you mentally get yourself to come back and do well? 913-3810-810 is our number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Pressure. That's what the song's about by Billy Joel, and that's what we're talking about on this show today. How do you, as an athlete, as a team, come back when you're behind in a game? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. This is Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we've got a wide open phone board here, and I'd like to hear from you. Our topic this morning is when you're down in an athletic event, when you're down in life, how do you come back? How do you have the belief, the confidence, the wherewithal internally to not give up, to not quit? And I don't like saying not give up and not quitting because that, those are negatives. Those are negative statements. So I like to say, how do you come back? How do you believe enough in yourself? All right. Our number here is 913-3810-810. I would like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you coach your team, your individual athletes, whoever it might be that you coach, to develop the confidence, the belief enough in themselves to come back when they're down? As I said, there were two basketball games yesterday that are great examples of this. Michigan State beating Northwestern. Michigan State was down by 22, 22 points at halftime. And yet they end up winning. So how did that happen? I'm sure Tom Izzo read the riot act to them at halftime, but he probably sat there and told them, we can do this. This will be a great challenge. I think instead of berating your team, instead of degrading them, instead of yelling and screaming and cutting them down, you sit there and make it a challenge. Make it a personal challenge for the athletes. Let's see what you can do. KU's down 12 points with about three and a half, four minutes to go yesterday. And for the third time in a row, 
come back against West Virginia. They did it in Morgantown earlier this year. They did it in Lawrence last year. So how does that happen? I think a lot of it's the coaching you do and the preparation you put your team in. You know, I have not mentioned this word yet on the show, visualization. If you've listened to me before, and I've been on the radio now for 27 years, so there's a good chance you possibly have, I talk so much about mental preparation and visualization. Visual, you know, when I started sports psychology, and it, it, when I took my first class in sports psychology back in 1977 at the California School of Professional Psychology, Dr. Robert Nidefer was my instructor. There were about eight people in the class. I was at a private professional school. There were about 500 students in the whole school. It was a five-year program. I went to school 11 months a year for five straight years. And Dr. Nidefer had this. There was a class my second year there. Now we were on trimester. Second trimester is called sports psychology. And I said, well, I'm signing up for this. It was a lot more interesting than studying schizophrenia, at least to me. Maybe not to some people. Five minutes into the class, I said, this is what I'm doing. I knew this is, this is my, my path. And Dr. Ro uh, Dr. Robert Nidefer wrote this book called The Inner Athlete. Well, being in grad school in San Diego, we were about a mile from the beach, one of the benefits of going to school there, amongst others. It was my only class that day. We were done at 11. I can still remember this. I went, went, got something to eat, went down to the beach, got my beach chair, faced the ocean, read the book cover to cover. Went back to my apartment, called Dr. Nidefer, and said, I was in your class today. I'm Andy Jacobs. He goes, all right, I remember the guy from Kansas. I said, yes. He was, he, we had a fun class that day. Everybody talked about why they were there, what we did. I said, I read your book. And he said, the whole book? I said, yes, sir. I, I read it cover to cover today. I said, this is what I want to do. And in that book, there was a conversation, discussion about visualization. And quite frankly, this is 1977. I'd never really heard of that before. So I started doing research. I ended up doing a, my dissertation. I studied the personality characteristics of jockeys which nobody had ever done before because my family was very involved in horse racing. My cousin owned a firm who won the 11th Triple Crown in 1978. My great uncle I've talked about on the show many times, Hirsch Jacobs was the winningest trainer in horse racing history. He died February 13, 1970, so 48 years ago this past week. And he was an inspiration for me. He told me sports is the greatest theater in the world. Everyone has the part, but no one knows what will happen. So all these things came together for me, visualizing, picturing yourself doing things, giving yourself an image in your mind, believing you can do it, not giving up, focusing on what's in front of you, not behind. You know, we can go take a Dale Carnegie course on positive thinking. We can talk about all these things all we want, but you have to have that internal belief inside that you can do it. And part of it's visualizing, picturing yourself. When I work with athletes, with individuals on visualization, we talk about picturing yourself doing what you want to do, picturing yourself ahead, picturing yourself behind, picturing yourself tied. What are you going to be feeling? What are you going to be thinking? To me, it's focusing on the effort you put into it. All right, let's get some calls in here. Our number is 913-3810-810. We always seem towards the end of the show to get loaded with callers. Of course, people are waking up at that point. I know it's early. But I want to hear from you. If you're a coach and your team has been behind in a competition, or the individual athlete you coach 
has been way behind. How do you get them, how do you get him or her to believe enough in themselves to develop that confidence, that mental strength to come back? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to know how you coach your team to do that. What do you say to them? And what happens when your team is failing? What happens when they're screwing up? What happens when they're down? What happens when they're not playing well? What do you say to them then? Do you berate them? Do you yell and scream at them? Do you curse them out? Do you put your arm around them and say, hey, let's, let's get back into this. I know you can do it. What's the difference in your coaching style and what works? Or as I've said, we've only had one caller today, so let's get some calls in. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. What do you say to your team, your athlete, when they're behind in a game? If you are an athlete, if you, you play a sport and you've been down, you've been behind, you're not doing well, you're losing, you're failing, you're screwing up, what do you do then? How do you come back from that? Or does that negativity that failure consume you and eat you up so that you can't come back see that's where to me the confidence part comes in the practice comes in the visualization comes in the mindset comes in where you take the time to work on that I believe very strongly as a coach one of the things you should do with your teams with your athletes, whether they're individual or individual athletes or teams, is you is you take time working with them on the mental part of all this. Sit down at, if if you got a basketball team, sit down in a semicircle, and have everybody go around and, and share. In these situations, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? How are you going to come out of it? Talk about it. Discuss it. I've done this when I work with teams. I'll come in and we will bring this topic up and discuss it. And some guys, some, some athletes, men and women, I remember a, a female athlete said, Doc, when I'm behind, I'm done. Why? Because I can't come back. I said, you're on a college basketball team. How can you say that? I said, because, Doc, I suck. I'm not any good. Well, she had a lot of work to do with me. And we worked on that. And she got better at it. But it was so ingrained in her from her upbringing, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Even though you're physically talented, you're not good enough. That's what her message was in her mind that was still reverberating around in her head. All right, 913 is the number. Let's see what Pete has to say. Pete, thanks for calling in. How are you? Well, I'm fine. How are you, doctor? Great. Get your comments this morning. Yes. Well, a question or a comment, actually, both. But uh, and, and I'll get to where I was going in just a second. But my, I think it depends a great deal upon whether, you're, first of all, it's a team sport or an individual sport, and also the nature of the scoring. You take a figure skater, and we're seeing a lot of that right now. And I wonder how, you know, I was amazed after a fall by, a, by a, someone competing for a medal or anything else, how they come back realizing that someone has posted a score and they no longer can reach it. So I think that's one challenge that you have to face. How do you get through it and do the best in spite of what has to be inner knowledge that you, you are already defeated? Then there's the ongoing event like a basketball game in yesterday. And I think, uh, and that's a team sport, and you have the effect of, uh, I've always thought in, in team sports that your opponent gives you 
some reason to believe that playing hard and playing to the whistle can allow you to still prevail. And I thought yesterday's KU game was an absolute clear-cut example of that. Um, I, I, I wonder what the psychology was of a great coach who took his foot off the pedal and allowed his opponent to smell blood and recoup. And I thought that's exactly what Bob Huggins did yesterday when he decided to uh, pull back with seven or seven minutes left to go and let KU get back into that game. And I think once KU saw they could, they took off. And it also sent a message to his own team that I don't have the confidence in you to uh, see you through to uh, what was getting you the lead in the first place. So you know, it'd be excuse me, it'd, it'd be Pete. It'd be really interesting to ask Bob Huggins that question because I I wonder if he would say what you're saying that that we took our our foot off the pedal. Well, he did something that uh, you know, and I have I've coached enough to know that when you know, and a lot of people in this area don't like Billy Tubbs, but the one thing I really enjoyed about Billy Tubbs was someone asked him, why does he pile the score on and why does he continue to try to score when he's got his opponent beat? He says, uh, he said, uh, I I don't want to be the the guy that uh, blew that lead. I've always, I never have too many points uh, and I I don't want to be, I think his actual term was, you can lose close games. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was KU sports psychologist when Billy Tubbs was coaching and I worked with the basketball team and I did. I sat on the bench during the games, and I was at that game where he flipped off the crowd. I have to remember that, and and I think that was just because his mindset was just go for it. He didn't. He. I don't think Billy Tubbs let his mind get in the way. You know, he just went with it, and I think that's part of what was going on with him. I. I. I you're bringing up a great point. Let, let's talk about the the figure skating for a moment. Okay. I, I've worked with many, many, many figure skaters over my 37 years of doing this. And figure skating, gymnastics, and diving are totally subjective sports. You can be the best athlete out there. You can do the best you've ever done and get a terrible score because a coach doesn't like the way you look. And, yes, I was watching figure skating a couple nights ago. One of the American men slipped and, and, and stumbled briefly. He didn't do as well as he wanted even though the rest of his skate was great. I mean, I think that's one of the things they have to be taught and good coaches will teach them is there's a chance in your routine, if you're doing your floor exercise and gymnastics, if you're doing a really difficult uh, dive off the high board, maybe you're not going to hit it right. Maybe you're going you're gonna to stumble on the ice. Maybe you're going to you know, fall down off the beam. You have to get back up. You have to keep going. And I think that's something good coaches teach their athletes in practice, Pete. So not to quit, not to give up. So I think that's the, I mean, to me, that's the mindset they have to have. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah, I do. I think you can lose with some self-dignity saying, well, I, I fell. I did it. It's going to happen. But I, if I continue to fight through it, at least I can look myself in the mirror 10 years later. It's a, and that's why I said earlier, you know, the difference between focusing on results and focusing on effort. I mean, I've had many, many gymnasts and and figure skaters who I've worked with who have said, Doc, I I did the best I've ever done, and I got such an awful score. You know, they didn't like my my outfit. They didn't like the way I smiled. I mean, you know, they'll they'll get comments afterwards about things like that. And it's like, you know, I can't control things like that. I said, that's right. You've got to focus on what you can control. And I think that's that's why I talk about that effort thing, Pete, because in the game yesterday with KU and, and West Virginia, KU has been in this situation so many times this year. 
And when you've got the Devontae Graham, who wasn't, you know, he wasn't scoring a lot yesterday, but I think he did. I, 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 I like watching him play because, number one, it's amazing to me that he doesn't ever leave the game. He's in, he plays every game, the entire game. His fitness level is incredible. But what I really like watching with him, you don't see him take the, his foot off the gas at all. Do you, ever, do you notice that? He just keeps <laughs> playing out there. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> watching Frank Mason and Devontae Graham are a lesson unto themselves. Well, yeah. I mean, when the, the two of them last year, I mean, that was – you don't see stuff like that. I mean, it, you know, when, when he's gone after this year, it, it'll be interesting who replaces him. Because yeah. you're you're talking about a guy. I mean, who plays 40 minutes of every college basketball game? It, that just doesn't happen. No, there are there are special people, and those two uh, embody it. Yeah, and I think it's and I think, you know, there was an interview with Frank Mason during the game, and you know, and, and he sort of referenced that that you know, it, it it it's that belief you can do it in the leadership that you can do it, and I think that's where, you know, you have a guy like Bill Self coaching. I think he takes – I've never met Bill Self. Love to talk to him. But I think one of the things he does with his team is he takes them through these scenarios, and I've heard this from players who played for him, that they'll go through every scenario they can imagine and be ready for it. So mentally they're not shocked if they're behind or they're ahead. I think that's one of the things that they, they really work on. Pete, I, I, great call. Uh, thank you so much for calling in this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, take care. All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I want to hear from you. If you coach and your team or your athlete that you're coaching is behind in their competition, what do you tell them? How have you prepared them for that situation? And how do you give them the confidence to believe that they can come from behind and come back? Or do you find that even if you teach them those things, they can't do it. Our number is 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. If you've played a sport, you can be a 50-year-old golfer. You can be a high school basketball player. You can be an eighth-grade softball player. I don't care. I want to hear from you. If you've been behind, how do you come back in that game? That competition. Our number is 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs and we're on Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. as you know. And along with my producer Jed Marshall here this Sunday morning talking with you about the mental side of sports and my topic today has been how do you come from behind in a game in a competition? Mentally what do you do? How do you have the belief to do that? Our number here is 913-3810-810. I'd like to get another call or two in before the show is over and find out from you if you've played sports before. How do you come back 
from negativity, from defeat, from adversity in a game. 913-3810-810 is the number. If you are a coach, how do you coach it? How do you get your athletes to believe enough that they can do it? If you have played sports before, I want to hear from you about how you've been able to do that. Mentally, what did you do? No one's on the phones now, so let's get a call in here. 913-3810-810 is the number. You know, I've done this show now for 17 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sunday morning's early, and I know it's, a lot of people are still getting up, but I want to hear from you. If you've coached, if you've played sports, you know, it's starting to warm up gradually. And so you're going to be going out to the golf course pretty soon. A lot of people will be going out and starting to hit balls because it's going to be warm enough to do that. So when you're not playing well, and you know you're a good player. How do you come back from a negative situation? 913-3810-810 is the number. You double bogey the first two holes. You're a scratch golfer. Are you done? Do you quit? Is that it? Then the next 16, well, I'm done. I'm not going to play well. How do you handle that? 913-3810-810 is the number. Jed, when you've had a negative situation happen for you in anything, how do you come back from that? What do you do? Well, that's a <laughs> big question to try and answer. Yes, it is. Um, share that with us. I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of a lot of my deal is about perspective and just trying to keep keep that in mind. I don't know when I'm struggling with something. I guess my whole deal is that that I know it in the grand scheme of things, it really can't be all that big of a deal. And just trying to, I don't know, just like I said, keep keep perspective on what's truly most important for me. Okay, so in an athletic event, when you're Michigan State yesterday at Northwestern, down 22 points at halftime, we don't know what Tom Izzo said to his team. I'm sure it was some direction on what they had to do in the second half because obviously if they only gave up 11 points in the second half, he told them let's focus on defensive stops. Obviously, he had to have said let's focus on defensive stops and things like that. There's still 20 more minutes to play. I mean... I talked about it several times. A year ago, well, it's more than a year ago now. Well, a year ago, the, the Patriots won the Super Bowl down 28-3 to in the third quarter. The Cubs beat the Indians in the World Series down three games to one. And then earlier that year, the Cavaliers came back from being down three games to one of the Warriors and beat them. How did they do that? In a lot of those instances, I I think you could argue that the the more skilled teams won. I I don't know in comebacks in general. I think the the ability to I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. I don't know. I guess the the ability you you can you can always control your effort. And I think I don't know having like you said the the mindset to believe that you're going to win. I don't know. I'm. I wasn't a very good athlete, so to try and put my, you know, like, to get into Tom Brady's head is a little difficult. But I certainly think guys of that ilk know that, you know, it, hey, I didn't complete this one. I got to th- I gotta throw the next one because the guy's going to be there. I'm going to put the ball there. I, to, you, you don't get to that high of a level without being almost, to, to a fault, cocky. Well, but I also believe in all three of those situations— to comment on what you said, you know, the teams that lost weren't bad. 
Okay, I mean, the Indians, the Warriors, and the Falcons were all in the championship games because they deserved to be there. So we can say the team that was more talented won, although in the case of the Cavaliers versus the Warriors, a lot of people would argue that. I think it's mindset. I, th I think a lot of this comes down to the belief. And, you know, and listening to what Tom Brady said about that victory in the Super Bowl a year ago, they're down 28 to 3, and he, he basically reinforced what I'm saying. They just focused on the next play. He said, All right, let's take this possession. Let's see what we can do to get the ball in the end zone. Well, and Brady's, as I mentioned, he's he's kind of a sick competitor in the sense that even this year when they were crushing the Titans, I just remember the clip. It was it was kind of a big deal here in Kansas City, where he's like, Don't don't forget what happened to the Chiefs. You know, we we can't let off. We gotta keep pushing because obviously the Chiefs we don't need to go there. But the, the point is that Brady still, even in that situation where he's crushing someone, was still focused on the next play, doing, making the right, you know, football play. And that's where it comes down to, I think, the mindset that you teach your athletes. So if you're a high school coach, if for you sport coach, there's plenty of time left to hear from you. I want to hear from you if you coach. I don't care what level. What do you say to your team, to your athletes, when they're down in a competition, in a game, in a sport? How do you coach them to come back? 913-3810-810 is the number. If you are an athlete and you've been behind in a game, in a competition, what are you thinking mentally? What's going through your head at that point? If you're a tennis player and you lost the first set 6-3 to three, and you're down 2-0 in the second set, you're down a break, a service break. Are you sitting there thinking, I'm in trouble? Or are you focusing on the next shot? If you're a golfer, as I said, and you start your round off by double bogeying the first two holes and you're, you're a two handicap, do you say, oh, I'm, I'm screwed, I'm done, I'm not, I'm, this round's going to be terrible? Or do you tell yourself, all right, let's see what I can do in this next hole? I call it TNS, the next shot. FOE, focus on effort, focus on execution. When you get too caught up with the score, I mean, I'll tell you a great story. There was a collegiate golfer I worked with years ago. He was playing a tournament in California, local golfer from here, plus playing at KU. Playing a tournament in California. He was leading the tournament. 16 teams from all, mostly the West Coast and KU was in the tournament. Leading the tournament going in to the last round comes up to the 16th hole, which is a par three. He's ahead by two strokes. Playing great. Comes up to the tee box, and the coach is sitting in a golf cart and said, listen, don't hit it in the trap everybody else has. Guess what? Plunks it right in the sand. Ends up triple bogeying the hole. Loses the tournament by one. They fly back here the next day, comes in to see me, and he was furious, furious at his coach for saying that to him. So I let him vent for a while, and then I said, listen, the problem wasn't what the coach said. It's what you allowed yourself to do. He said, what do you mean? I said, yeah, that was not a bright thing for him to say to you. But the thing that bothers me for you is that then you started thinking that. And I, I work with so many golfers who let things people say get into their head. They're playing well. They're on target. Everything's going great. And then somebody will say something 
or they'll think some negative thought that takes them down that wrong path. So I think the key thing is this. When you play a competition, or in life for that matter, it really doesn't matter what it is, you're not always going to be ahead, winning, succeeding. Failure is inevitable. You know, our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports that I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone. And with a chapter in there on, on youth sports injuries by Dr. Steve Joyce. Our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. That chapter is in there for this reason. You will fail in sports. You will not always succeed. And so I think the best teams, the ones that win, the ones that succeed, the ones that come out on top, have a mindset that they can do it. You know, watching the Winter Olympics right now, we're seeing that as well. You know, skaters fall, skiers fall, skiers slip. You know, guys wipe out. Things happen. But you're not done. You have to keep going. So failure is something we all have to deal with. I've had to deal with it in my life. You've had to deal with it in yours. It's how you choose to overcome that. It's how you choose mentally to believe you can do it. You know, I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. And this show is about you, our listeners. It's about the topics I think are of interest to you. I thought this would be a good topic to talk about today, especially with the, the, the wins by KU and Michigan State yesterday, both being down so far and coming back. And here's the thing. You know, I mentioned earlier the word visualization. I think as a coach, it's important for you to take your team, your individual athletes, in a visualization exercise in practice during the week. And basically what you do in that exercise is have them imagine, visualize, picture themselves in all kinds of situations in their athletic competition. How are you going to feel when you're ahead? How are you going to feel when you're behind? What's it going to be like? What are you going to be feeling emotionally? What are you going to be thinking when you're dead even? Where's your mindset need to be? How are you going to feel emotionally? What's your focus need to be going towards? I think if you take the time to get your team to do that, do some work on them visualizing how they'll feel, what it will be like in that situation, it will greatly enhance their chance for success. You know, I always like to say a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. I think it's very, very important as a coach to teach coach the mental part the x's and o's the fundamentals you got to do but you've got to do the mindset too because in the end as i said earlier you can have two athletes who are physically the same but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs i'm here every sunday from 7 to 8 a.m here on sports radio 810 whb i hope you enjoy the show you know, our shows are podcasted here on the website. You go to 810whb.com, go to additional programming, and then find me on there and listen to it there. You can also go to my website, which is winnersunlimited.com, and find the shows podcasted there as well as I have a podcast show I do as, as well. If you want to reach me, you can email me at my website, drj at winnersunlimited.com, drj at winnersunlimited.com. I am taking on new clients. I give talks on these topics all the time. My office number is 815615556. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at DRJSportPsych. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. 
Have a great week. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.